0: welcome to quarantine good the only podcast that looks at the things you've started doing since the beginning of the COVID 19 pandemic and decides whether you should continue doing them in a post-quarantine world or relegate them to the dustbin of history i'm david twighty and i'm james hamilton we are the two
1: guys who will be judging how you've spent your time and helping
0: you decide how to spend it moving forward David how you doing? Uh I'm pretty good. I've uh I'm In sort of a mood, it's like, it was sort of gloomy this morning. I was just listening to My Chemical Romance since I got out of bed. So I'm feeling very angsty and I'm very excited to bring that energy to the show today.
1: I'm really, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> what that is. And I'm I'm maybe a little worried about you when you just wake up and start with My Chemical Romance. This is a good band. It holds up. How are you doing, James? Uh, I'm doing great. I, um, I woke up and started listening to Lou Harris today. So I'm. Um, I mean, I guess I'm sad in a different way. You know? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. So we have a great we have a great guest today. He is a TV writer. He's a comedian and podcast host of his own. Please welcome Yadoye Travis.
2: Hey. Hello. What's up?
1: Thanks for being on the show.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm not. I'm also in a mood. I, okay. I, woke, I woke up different from everybody. I, I woke up uh, maybe twenty minutes ago.
0: All right. 25
2: minutes ago, and then I, I I looked on Twitter and I was like, all right, let me do this podcast at 11:45 a.m. And then I look on Twitter and I'm like, oh duh, it's obviously 11:30. Who would who would schedule a podcast? <laughs> who would schedule a podcast at such a middling time like 11:40? Who does that?
0: Well, it's just uh, for the listener a peek behind the curtain. It is Sunday morning, so we both James and I both just got back from church. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Obviously.
0: Yeah. Obviously.
1: I was hoping you didn't, we wouldn't say what time it is. And you would say you just woke up 20 minutes ago and the listener would wonder if it was like 6 p.m.
2: Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go take that again. I'm going to go back. (laughs) You just have the, uh, your, uh, your engineer just kind of, yeah, so I just woke up uh, like five (laughs) minutes ago and it's what, it's what, 11.45 p.m. So yeah, I just, (laughs) um. (laughs) this is quarantine yeah. good after dark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i just uh i just took a took one of those two-day naps oh yeah yeah we all love a good two-day nap yeah you know the edible doesn't hit until you say it's not working so <laughs> that's how that's how we end up here <laughs> you ever take like a you ever take like a super short nap but you wake up and you think it's the next day oh yeah that is a nightmare
0: that sounds ideal like if you feel rested enough that you're like i slept 24 hours but you're no, just like no, 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 right no, no, back no. in it it's I don't not know. a
2: restful feeling it's like it's like you go to sleep at six you wake up at seven and you don't see the p.m on the clock and you're like what the fuck time is it yeah, yeah. And you just feel like <laughs> uh, yeah. and you you're like eyes are vibrating and all this shit. And
1: like, <laughs> yeah there's nothing restful about like an hour-long nap
2: i'm talking like you ever you ever woke up from a from a nap and just started packing a bag (laughs) like he just put (laughs) like he just put shit in a backpack you're like i know i have to go somewhere i don't know what it is
0: there's that story about uh, uh doc ellis the the baseball pitcher like how he like accidentally was on lsd for for a game that he had to pitch because he like slept a whole day and thought it was like he thought that he had the day off, so he took LSD, and then they're like, "You have to go to the stadium right
2: now!" And then he threw yeah. a no hitter. That's the type of yo. Know, that's the type of day I'm having right now. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so far you are you you're throwing a, a no hitter on, on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> hit shit. Yeah, I, as soon as I said that, I understood how it sounded. Well, Yudoye, in general, how has quarantine treated you? Would you say?
2: You know what it's uh it's been emotionally a nightmare, but it's been kind of like it's been nice to like have uh a little bit of time to reassess and like not be doing stand up every single night and like yeah actually like rethink uh like what I'm writing about what I'm doing what i'm uh with just what my life is like I feel like everybody kind of had a, a just a little like What am I doing and why? I mean, I feel like you're
1: like a hardworking person and, you know, certainly going into the quarantine, we're doing very well for yourself. And it seems like part of that, though, is you're doing a ton of things at any given time. So the fact that then you're kind of forced to slow down is certainly, I I think that's very relatable. Yeah. So
2: have you found that you've like changed how you are using your time? Um... Yes and no, because I still definitely I definitely still wake up and uh, stare at the ceiling for approximately three hours before I w- before I do anything. Mm.
0: <laughs> but I mean that's I'm looking at my phone that whole time, so that's probably
2: better, honestly. I mean, yeah, you know, I I mean I glance at the phone. I I I look at my phone for three hours, <laughs> but it's in a, it's a different it's different it's different from how it was before because before before i would I would look at my phone and I would be like, "Fucking love phone, I love phone <laughs> everything about just this is great, I love looking at phone, I love holding phone, I love the weight of phone, and now mm-hmm. I look at it, and I'm just like this is it's all intentional. it's all on purpose. everything they do is it's all like holding my attention for these three hours that I could have been I could have been jogging, I could have been." Like, I haven't changed my behavior. I just think, I just know that I could now. You understand? Absolutely. Yeah. I
1: understand that completely. I think particularly on social media where you're like, I still do this, but I am aware that I'm getting played.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm being advertised to. I just bought some, I just bought some new pants that are going to fall apart in a in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And just because I said the word pants, and uh, and now they, uh, yeah.
0: My girlfriend Carly really likes this, uh, this like hazelnut creamer that I never buy. I never like I mostly just drink coffee black, and I just started getting ads for it the other day, and that's like the weirdest those that I've had before, because it's just like I don't even know if we've said like someone has said the phrase hazelnut creamer near my phone, but like yeah, this doesn't even feel worth it.
2: Yeah, I, it's got it's made me wonder if I'm doing stuff like subconsciously on my phone because I've definitely had situations where I just think something. I don't even say it out loud. And then it shows up on my Instagram ads and I'm just like, yo, what like what am I doing? What type of yeah. energy am I putting out that you know that I'm trying to buy a sword.
0: <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> They could just be following you on social media or That whatever, was a bad example. <laughs> that was a bad example.
1: Well, uh, Udoye, what is the topic that you're bringing today that you've gotten into?
2: First of all, I started skateboarding, and that's not the thing that we w- went with. because, And I'm honestly glad because I can't really speak on it that much. I don't know the names of tricks. There's so many. And I think the, the deeper you dive into that world, the more you're just like, what the fuck is any of it? What is a dolphin flip? Well, I'm trying to do a kick, and you got a you got a whole like uh, sea mammal. So I'm glad we don't have that. I'm glad we're not doing that. Um, but what I have done with my time um, over the past year and a half is I've been reading. Probably more than I have in my entire life, uh, and mostly about communism. So yeah, there's that. You got any, got any questions uh, questions for me? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I have I have so many I have so many questions. So reading more is a change. Like you're saying, you're reading more, but is the topic of reading about communism also relatively new?
2: I would say yes because, like, I feel like I definitely considered myself a socialist before this point. But like, in that in that sense, where like, oh, you, you do comedy and you gotta pick a you gotta pick a brand to be, and I and I picked that. And, <laughs> yeah. But in reality, I was like, I'm dumb. I don't know what it, I don't know what any of this. Lefty sword guy. That's Lefty the sword guy. For this. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like that's the type of handle where people click on your profile and you're like, oh, he's black. I do not know. That. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to say you're black for some reason. But yeah, and I, I, I guess I've read a lot of other stuff that's like a, kind of adjacent, but like that's been that's been the main thing.
1: And I think I'm so interested in this journey because I find it very relatable that you know you go into a quarantine which by every measure in many different ways has been a like stressful and trying and also like pretty illuminating time of like the world that we live in
0: Yeah. Hmm. Uh,
1: to go into that. And then to kind of come out on the other side, feeling like stronger feelings than you went in with.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I think it, ha- it had a lot to do with like uh, what I was talking about in my standup. Um, it felt, like, very stagnant and just kind of, like, I wasn't really growing mentally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, ultimately, a lot of what I was talking about was grounded in, like, stuff that I've read recently and actually, like, grounded myself deeper in, but, like, I didn't really know what the fuck I was talking about, and it felt like everything was kind of a hot take that was, like, I just had this thought myself. And I'm just like, oh, people have written about this for, like, 100s some years. So, like... (laughs) So So you were having a hot
1: take and then you were like, oh, Lenin had this hot take like a long time ago.
2: Oh, I mean, I less of a Leninist in the sense that Lenin is a a, a authoritarian. But yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess that's a good question. then of Like, who who are
1: you reading? Like, who Who are 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 your guys? Yeah. Uh, Who are your guys? Who are my guys? Um,
2: (laughs) So I actually am reading Lenin right now just to like just to. Just to be able to, like, speak on it when I explain to people that he's, like, still a bad person just because he's, like, it, like being a, quote, unquote, socialist doesn't necessarily make you a good person. There are still, like, authoritarians and there are libertarians, which is, like, mm-hmm. I feel like a distinction that people do not draw because our only example uh, for most people is the Soviet Union, uh, right. which is not even actually communist. It never was. Um Right. There's never actually been a communist state, which people don't, uh, which a lot of people don't know or acknowledge if they do know. Um, I have been reading um, Murray Bookchin uh, and Abdullah Erchelon, who are anarchists. Uh, Murray Bookchin is an anarchist out of New York. Abdullah Erchelon is um, anarchist from uh, Syrian Kurdistan. Um, and he is currently in a uh, Turkish island prison. I guess by himself for like twenty years, and they just added one other prisoner, like oh, two, wow. like two <laughs> years ago. Uh, so he has one dude. Um,
1: yeah, I hope they get along.
2: I hope so. I don't like. <laughs> Do
0: that sitcom subplot where they like put a put a bunch of electrical tape like down the middle of the prison. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's your half of the prison, yeah, right? <laughs> just like the odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what 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 made you start actually like like picking up books on this stuff? Because I, I feel like this is something that happens with a lot of people who like sort of consider themselves leftists, but just sort of. Maybe understand these things kind of intuitively, but never really got into theory and stuff. Like what what made you, was it just like, I have all this time
2: now? or It was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of like, I started reading some stuff on my own and then um, started posting a little bit about what I was re- reading. And then a friend of mine, um, he like DM me and was like, yo, I got to <laughs> link you with my friend who uh, it turns out there's black socialists in America on Twitter, the big like yeah 100k some follower twitter account um he's basically like yeah this dude is a friend of mine i need to link you up with him and turns out the dude lives like 10 minutes from me and so i just like went to his house and talked to him about it and it was like i didn't know a lot of the specifics of who or what he was talking about but like a lot of the shit i did know intuitively and i did like feel intuitively and it's like a lot of shit that where you just need somebody to cosign what you're saying. Yeah. Where you're just like, yeah, the comedy industry, the entertainment industry is kind of like, kind of bad and kind of whack. And like, I don't, I can't really put my <laughs> finger on why. And he's like, oh, yeah, because um, people like uh, take up these brands and then they just kind of get cannibalized into this complex of like uh, marketing and branding and nobody actually has a politic behind what they're saying. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> part. The power of
1: having somebody put a name to a thing that you have felt before is, like, there are few, like, experiences, I think, that are as revelatory as that. Where somebody gives you, like, somebody names something and you're like, that's absolutely what I have felt before. Yeah.
2: Because it goes beyond, I think people have this idea that socialism is just like, give away all your money, just go be poor. It's like, no, why would, who the fuck would have a political philosophy <laughs> right. where, you're, uh, where you're claiming that, uh, that it lifts people out of poverty, you know, and that's the well, point, is to give away all your money. That's fucking stupid. That's so dumb there's always
0: that <laughs> there's always that like gotcha thing where it's like oh Bernie Sanders is a socialist but he wears clothes <laughs> right like- <laughs>
2: I tweeted that uh, about being a socialist and, and somebody was just like oh and yet you have a phone interesting it's like what the fuck are you talking about what do you th- <laughs> th- what do you think what do you think any of this is bro like why would we throw away all our resources instead of just like manufacturing some type of way to like uh to remove that like inequity from is the worst way to explain what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah I think one of the the questions that I had you know coming into this is historically a concept like socialism or communism is usually something that you learn about through other people through groups through organizing through being connected with people who have shared experiences or, you know, shared kind of mindsets. And I think it was interesting that, you know, going, that this kind of became more concrete for you during a very individualized time, like where you're quarantined, you're spending a lot of time by yourself, but I guess that doesn't, that means less now because we have phones, because we have social media, because we're connected kind of all the time, we're seeing resources and different people's ideas in ways that, you know generations ago you would have had to have gone to a a meeting of you know communists to, yeah to hear some of these things
2: yeah yeah and it's and to that point it's actually it's easier to access a lot of bad information about uh oh definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah there is a lot of like online i've been trying to say the word proliferation in uh conversation for the past like two weeks and I couldn't think of the whole word and finally I remembered it there's a lot of online proliferation of very bad versions of socialism communism uh, and just like politics in general um my
1: word that I my word that I've been trying to figure out how to say in conversation that I just finally the other day worked up the courage to actually try is. As-
0: prescient prescient i Uh, is it that is it prescient or is it prescient that one always drives me crazy i've heard so many different pronunciations of that one
2: i think it's prescient
1: oh i think we have three different versions now
2: wait what did you say i said prescient oh you just pronounced every every vowel i (laughs) I just went hard at every No, i just went casual with it but i think we have the same version
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay yeah, I I finally worked up the courage to say that in conversation the other day. And you could hear me winding up. Yeah. I was like, he's increasingly <laughs> prescient. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, the word hegemony. It's I always oh, yeah. am like, is it oh, yeah. hegemony? I, that feels wrong. It's got to be hege- hegemony. <laughs> when When I first heard that word, it
0: was like I was taking a history class in college. And my professor pronounced it hegemony.
2: But then I never heard it said that way again. Yeah, <laughs> so like, mm, You know what? Yeah. It's one of those words that somehow never heard out loud in high school or college.
1: Well, I think that's what happens when you start reading good books. Is you know, yeah. You start getting <laughs> yeah, put, like put on these words. Where look like, up some ah.
2: pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, I've only read You this. have a conversation. You find out you've never heard this word out loud. And then you embarrass yourself and <laughs> validate every opinion you you've, you've ever had.
0: Well, so to to your point about like the amount of like bad information that there is out there, particularly on like, I mean, over uh, the the discourse on the left on Twitter has been just a, a fucking toxic soup, like since Bernie Sanders lost the primary yeah. <laughs> and before that, too. But like more than ever, it feels so splintered and like t- Twitter is like it rewards you for having takes. So it's like it's just it's very difficult to like nail down like what people's motivations are if they're just like saying shit for clout also so much of it is just like uh it's it's just aesthetic where it's like i don't i'm a hater and this person seems like very sincere so i have to like the knee-jerk reaction is just to be like fuck you
2: i mean i kind of uh have a advantage of not being so steeped in like leftist circles because I was like not speaking concretely in those terms on Twitter because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but like once you start kind of doing that and observing it, like you very quickly realize like, Oh, everybody's just like reacting to shit. Nobody has like a, a grounded concrete, like statement on anything it's every everybody's just being like well you said this but y'all were the same people that said this like six months ago and i'm just like who first of all who is (laughs) y'all like you're you're responding to one person saying one thing and and now like equating them with this archetype of a person that you've invented in your head or like maybe that's a real group of people who knows but how do you know that's that person is a part of that group of people Mm. and now you're responding to that group of people as opposed to what this person actually said and people are now like inventing these antagonists who are not the person that they're talking to -to face-to-face and they're reacting and building their politics um out of a reaction to what that person said Mm. and so all you have is a lot of people going i know that's wrong so this is right yeah right Uh, this counterpoint to them is right which is bullshit it's like if you have if your politics are actually real and grounded in something like it shouldn't require somebody else to say some bullshit for you to act on it yeah you yeah. know
0: the way the way that this happens on the other side is that, like everyone once, so if you have like a uh, like a take on something political from like a left-wing perspective that like gathers enough traction that it ends up breaking out of the echo chamber and like conservatives start seeing it they're like Oh, you're talking about Trump. What about this that Joe Biden did? And it's like, you're not talking to me. Like, yeah. I also don't like that guy.
2: <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny to me. I'm just like, you don't understand what I, even anything outside of this binary. Like, I, I, bro, I, uh, like a week or so ago, I went on Twitter, and kind of apropos of nothing, I just was like, hey, Andy Ngo is a bitch and a fascist. (laughs) Um, He's probably,
0: he's maybe my least favorite person on the planet.
2: He is very much that. I've, like, tweeted at him several times, and he, he retweeted me to his followers. And all these people were just, like... A couple people like dm me and were like, "How is he a bitch?" It's weird they ask a question that sounds like it's in good faith, and I'm just, and just like I don't, I don't know where to Empirical start. Empirical examples, please. Yeah, yeah. Could you like just break down how he's a bitch? Because I've been following this guy for a while and I've been getting a sense but I, I can't put my finger. Yeah, on Yeah, that's it. what we were talking about before.
1: You, you're putting a name to what other people have experienced, and that name yeah. is a bitch. Yeah, yeah exactly
2: um but but, uh, like he retweeted me to his people and they started like saying all this shit like it was it was weird because they were calling me a communist but like not in a good faith way where they actually know what a communist is they were like they're calling me like a joe biden communist basically (laughs) they're like they're saying like well well oh uh you hate andy no because he's against all these antifa antifa fascists and was like bro do you even understand what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. I do think that is a question
1: that I have for you is like the phrase communist both has a meaning as like an actual ideology and then within the US is obviously thrown around as both a like kind of scare tactic and like some type of derogatory name, you know, and I think that when they call Biden a communist they're doing that specifically to scare people yeah, and because he's so far from that, you know, but then, you know, Cubans in Florida are like, well, I'm not going to vote for that because I've experienced that somewhere else. It's like very much a scare tactic, but I'm curious about how you can kind of get deeper into an ideology when it is kind of already positioned at odds with what is the mainstream belief. Like, and not have it be kind of reactive, or have it be kind of um, like a response to what is the mainstream. Like, how does how does it become something that is uniquely yours and not just a response? If that makes sense.
2: Um, I mean, just to, you just got to actually read. <laughs> um, I think that's the big. I think that's the big main thing is like people. A lot of people claim to be socialists or communists and they use it as an aesthetic. Um like especially I and I think what I add to this conversation um as far as like this group of friends that I've gathered uh goes is that I'm looking through it through the lens of like the entertainment industry specifically mm-hmm. and like this has been written about plenty so it's not any new idea or anything but just like seeing it directly is that people use uh, politics as an aesthetic and they incorporate it into this brand and now they're marketing that uh that is est- that po- political aesthetic back to people who don't actually know what the fuck they're talking about they just think it's something subversive um that they can use like re- to like piss off their parents essentially. yeah yeah um and you gotta just understand that people that those types of people are not giving you any type of insight or any type of valuable information even myself like i you know i don't haven't done it i haven't put anything into like material practice and I, I feel like i have to tell people that regularly that like because people dm me like how do you how do you juggle like politics and entertainment all at the same time i don't mm-hmm. <laughs> i just don't yeah. i i repost infographics from people who are right yeah. you know it's like you like I feel like people have to understand that the the images that are put, being put in front of you are not what is reality. Uh, and I could have said that in less words, but just like read a book.
1: I mean, I'm curious about, you know, as you prepare to leave quarantine, I don't know where you are in that particular, you know, journey, but like what, you know, of these kind of like reading habits and some of these like, political ideas that you have learned about like how do you think these will change your life as you kind of head back into the world
2: i mean first of all i kind of see a lot of shit for what it is um particularly like i mean capitalism there's a book capitalist realism i forget the name of the author but they're just like the whole idea is that capitalism is what uh is what is fucking up all our mental health essentially right. um and i think having that perspective kind of it just it, it just helps me like justify a lot of things like i don't really i don't want i have no desire to be famous i have no desire to be like hyper wealthy or anything like that cuz like even at the level i'm at in my career i just like especially over the past year and I'm just looking at like how much shit I left behind in Atlanta to come here and do this Mm -hmm. like entertainment as a concept is like you entertain people. So those people have kind of like a mutual thing to talk about and like laugh about in, in retrospect. And like, how are we as entertainers so alienated from the concept of entertainment you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't been entertained in such a oh, long yeah. time. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like I, I I think when I was doing comedy or doing stand-up um, the most frequently, probably laughed the least in my for life. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, how the fuck am I so invested in this as a career that I don't actually, like, get anything out of it? Mm.
0: Yeah, that's I, I mean, I think that that's like uh, that's a contradiction with entertainment in in general, but I think specifically like even more with stand up because like the experience of a stand up comedy show is like such a communal thing, but the ethos like that drives a lot of stand up is so individualistic. Yeah, exactly.
1: I think that's one of the things that we've heard on this podcast on this podcast a few different times is just that like this time has given people a chance to evaluate how they actually like to spend their time. What are the things that actually bring them joy or make them feel like, you know, excited or inspired? And I think that that's something that like, I, you know, I haven't even reckoned with really with standup because it's like, when you're doing standup a lot, I watch less stand up. Like I, you know, if I'm out doing stand-up many, many times in a week, I'm not I'm gonna watch less of the sets that I'm doing. And if I do watch them, I'm gonna feel less about them. Yeah, I'm not gonna be moved by them or inspired or laugh particularly hard. And then that spills over into, you know, over the course of the time, I was just, you know, thinking about. How when I was younger, like what I really, really loved was music and like making music. But the more I did comedy, the less tolerance I had to like go just sit in a crowd somewhere and watch live music because I was like, I don't want to do this with my time
0: off but i essentially yeah. cut off that stream of something that i enjoyed for like the first like six or seven years i was doing stand-up i basically just was not seeing concerts anymore like that and i i started yeah. again because i was just like i live in new york i need to be like going to this shit uh like i, I don't want to like completely miss out on this part of my life but like i just had no interest in it for like the when i was uh first really getting into stand-up
2: yeah I remember one time in particular, like when I I lived in LA for a little bit when I graduated college. And the first, one of the first nights I did uh, stand up out there, I remember after the show, like, I want to say it was Solomon Giorgio asked a couple people if they wanted to go do karaoke afterwards. And I was like, oh, well, wait, well, hold up. Y'all, 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 like, hanging out after the show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people do that? And it was just like, oh, I guess people aren't just like, um, people aren't just doing this shit and then going home and like playing video games and jacking off or whatever. <laughs> like there's potential for people to actually be friends yeah. and or friendly and actually, yeah. you know, make yeah.
1: something that you care about with people that you care about.
2: Yeah. And um and it's just like when it when you commodify everything in the way that we have, then it becomes it becomes an issue because then you have because then all of your friendships or your alliances as they kind of are in this, uh, in the industry, they all just kind of become like, uh, what is the word? Well, like a
0: means to an end, you know, like everyone is like,
2: yes, they have like a financial, um, a financial like attachment to them that just kind of like poisons everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be a better way to do this. Hearing you say the phrase,
1: like there has to be a better way to do this is certainly something that I have thought over the last like year and a half it's a conversation that I've had with other comics it's a like and it goes back to the very first thing you said which is that for the first time we all were forced to step back to one extent or another and evaluate the system that we are participating in and yeah. or, and and the race that we're like trying to run You know, that we're like kind of being forced to the game we're being forced to play in New York to throw as many metaphors as possible out at once. But like, I think that something that I feel as we're leaving the quarantine is like, as we start to see like who some of the gatekeepers of like some comedy clubs are, and as we start to see like some of the systems that are still in place as we leave, like it feels disappointing it feels sad that like we had this time to look at it and now we see it for what it is in terms of who's getting opportunities and who's getting paid equally and who's not like we see all these things but now we're kind of it looks as if this industry is just going to go back to exactly what it was or or maybe even more of like a content farm than it was in the first place with
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, i i feel like people um i don't know and granted, everybody hasn't had the same experience I have, but, like, I do feel like a lot of people started thinking about this shit and then I are just going right back into the same traps because I don't think people really have a perspective on what needs to happen because, I mean, to bring it back to socialism in general, like, people still have this idea that somebody's going to hand it down from, like, the the presidential <laughs> office, you know? Like, people think Joe Biden's going to give right. us... Healthcare, which he's said he's not gonna do yeah. and, but people are still like holding out hope that they that that can happen and i'm just like uh we could wait for that to happen or we could uh try to build institutions that make that not necessary and make his whole job irrelevant essentially you know it's like and we and in the context of comedy it's like yeah, it's fun to do all these clubs and have your names on your name on walls and get passed and all this shit, but also, like, is it really that important to um to to get a cosign from a place that is has docu- a documented history of workers' rights violations? Like yeah. the fact that the fact that comi- that comics it's it's a nebulous group of people that it's very hard for us to like unionize as a group of people. But the fact that like there are institutions that have still actively fought that and there's a record of them fighting that and still everybody goes and praises them and like is desperate to like go and and like work in that venue. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you can have that little, you can have that little chip of being one of the ones that, that made it. But like, where where are the rest of your friends? Where is that? Where is your community? What do you have aside from? Oh, now I get whatever twenty five, fifty dollars a spot.
1: I mean, depending on where you're doing comedy, the answer to where are the rest of your friends is they might be storming
0: the Capitol. They might be storming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, might be. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I mean it's like it's not exclusive to comedy either it's like one of the it, it one of the most depressing things about the past year is just like I mean in in some ter- in some ways like the pandemic was such a missed opportunity to make the world a little better cuz mm-hmm. people the cracks are so obviously showing and this already was happening with Trump and all that stuff but like it still seems like people are will go it is what it is and like not even think about how it could be something better you know yeah
2: and 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 even beyond that they'll say it is what it is and i went through it and therefore i'm gonna maintain it because that's fair and -hmm. it's like okay well it's inherently not fair because other people are going through (laughs) worse shit so what the fuck are you talking about
0: Listen, I went bankrupt over my medical bills and I'm fine, all right? You right. can do it
2: too.
1: <laughs> so I have a question that is like a, a little more personal and difficult question, but I'm curious yeah. about. Is that, you know, if you think about this last year as a time where you started to you know, solidify some of your views on this and read up about some of this stuff. Is it a coincidence that this was also a time in your career where you started to have some stability and you started to have some, like, like, I I don't want to say like power, but you didn't have to worry about like scraping by necessarily kind of day to day. And is there something about once you have stability that you're kind of able to take stock of the system that you're within oh, oh yeah yeah or is it i think about that
2: shit else, yeah. all the time i think about that all the time but like i also think like i do think about the fact that i'm finally out of a out of these situations where i'm like you know moving apartments every two to three months because i can't afford it or because right. like i overstay my welcome on somebody's couch or something like that mm-hmm. um But I also look at it in the sense, and I think this is what kind of keeps me from just like diving headfirst into wanting this like uh, writing career and like aspiring to be a showrunner for some big network or whatever, is that ultimately in my position, even though I am uh, more stable than the average comedian and more stable than I've ever been in my entire life, I'm still working for somebody else, and my creative shit, because ultimately, I'm still a creative person. Ultimately, ultimately my creativity is being used for somebody else's work. And even their creativity, when you look at a showrunner, their creativity is still being stifled by network notes or, like, what audience demands or whatever. And ultimately... I think what's helped put it in perspective is that I've made this amount of money and I've seen that like pretty conclusively that this is kind of enough. Mm, it's yeah. plenty. It's plenty. Yeah. Um, And I've seen like, and I think about how, how long I went without it. Yeah. Like I like uh, this new job I just got, I got my first check for it and I just like stared at it and I was just like a little bit mad at how long people have had this type of money (laughs) and i didn't yeah and so it's really helped reframe my perspective just like what if i just had this the entire time or what if i had like something close to this some level of stability in this shit you know because i think about the amount of shit that i that i'm doing because it is stable and not because i enjoy it because it is in interest of maintaining this stability it,
0: it's it, it can be hard to recognize when you're in it but like it is insane how much like just being broke just affects your fucking mood on a day-to-day basis and i like yeah and i i'm in sort of a similar situation where i just like i have the most stable and well-paying day job that i that i've ever had and it's just like holy shit like I'm not really spending much more than I would have otherwise, but I am, yeah. like, I'm just not worried about it constantly, you
2: know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah. and then I think about the fact, like, bro, I'm almost 30. Why did it take until I'm almost 30 until I finally feel like, oh, I'm, I if I sit down for a couple hours, I'm not going to die. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you know? That's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and it, it's just, like, it's helped put in perspective just like the things that i can do to sort of ensure that that happens sooner for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean there are just ways to like sort of build power outside of, outside of the the entertainment industry as we see it. Yeah. to where people who want to do stand up can just do stand up, you know. Um or people that want to write can just write and they don't have to worry about like doing all these little side projects because they bring in a quick check but no but no like recurring uh financial stability
0: there's a a book that i read last year called bullshit jobs by david Graeber, who's a he's an anthropologist who passed away last year and he talks about like the it's about like the proliferation of like just bureaucracy and like you like make work useless jobs in the, in the American economy, which like he, he estimates it at around like 35% of all jobs like fall under the, the category of bullshit jobs. And one of the things I really like about that book is that like, he will use examples of other things that people will be doing with their time that like could be doing with their time that are not like, they're not intuitively like valuable things, but he'll go through like someone who's like a clerk who emails an additional person and may like does all this compliance shit or whatever, which isn't really necessary. And then he'll use examples where he's like, now is this a better use of your time than deciding uh what color to dye your hair or making a list of your favorite funk guitarists and it's like yeah Yeah. i mean like being a person (laughs) is all this other stuff which is like at least as valuable as sitting in a fucking chair in an office somewhere
2: yeah it's I, i don't know it's like you and then the way that people become their jobs people just like you know equate their entire personality livelihood with the shit that they do for work it's like imagine if your job is just sending emails all day yeah right yeah like who are you outside of that you know i
0: forget who it is but there was a comic when i lived in dc who had a joke about like when like an athlete dies it's like well god needed a shortstop, and it's like do they do that with other jobs (laughs) like oh god needed an hr manager
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know i'm curious where we we think that we'll put this on the board. You know, David, I don't know if you want to start us off. Do you have any thoughts about where this could possibly go? I mean, on I the feel good quarantine good board.
0: I feel pretty strongly about this. I think that this goes like right at the very top because one, I do think that it's a uh, that it's good to read books and two, it's good to expand your understanding of the world around you and how it works and like think about these sorts of issues. And three, I really like the idea of the very top of the board saying weed and then communism on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that um, I think, I think I agree. I think, you know, the, one of the other top things at the board is uh, doing a lot of yoga for three months. (laughs) And I think the thing about doing yoga for three months is that the benefits of that eventually go away. The benefits (laughs) of reading all these books, that'll be with you for a lifetime, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing that I would say, if we're looking for some type of dramatic tension here before we all in our leftist bubble agree to put this at mm-hmm. the top
2: yeah what about Venezuela let's talk about <laughs> oh my god okay I have a response to that and I I will say that what do you what do you, you want to know what about Venezuela? what about it huh?
1: no my my only thing is reading these books and we think about quarantine and this goes to points that I've already made is that yes you, you are gonna see things for what they're worth. But we're also heading back into a world where that's still how things work. So, is there a sense of. I think it's very fair to say that, like, a lot of people are coming out of quarantine, myself included, just angrier than ever, like, just furious in a way that we didn't actually know we could be going in. And so, if there's anything that would bring this down for me, it's just having this sense of anger and not exactly knowing what to do with it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's not I mean but if it's truth then it's it's not to say that that's not good, but you know, I'm searching for some type of dramatic tension.
2: Okay. To that I can say there are things that you can do about it. There are small things that you can do about it and I think people need to understand that like nothing is going to be handed down to you from uh from state power. Nothing literally nothing. You know, every time Every time there is a police shooting, they say we need to uh, we need to put more money into the police, into more training and uh, body cameras. And now we have this situation where uh, footage of police violence has been is it like is all across the internet, and really only reinforces this idea that we can't do anything about it. Right. And to that, I say and this I have to stress for legal purposes that I'm not in, encouraging any type of violence, but people have to understand that like violent resistance has been entirely wiped from our uh, list of things that are, uh, of, that are options. And that's purely to say that there are things that have been conditioned out of you that you can do to uh to resist and to create a space for yourself and the people around you that is safe and uh economically sustainable there definitely
0: is some dark comedy in like the fact that what made people storm the capitol building was just donald trump not being president anymore right it's like oh we're (laughs) storming the capitol oh cool yeah well i'm in what are your issues oh is this this fat old man that we uh, want to keep seeing on TV and give him his Twitter yeah. account
2: back. Like, I literally could overthrow the government, and you go in there to just be like, "No, we actually kind of re- we really like this guy."
3: Did so <laughs> you give my buddy a chance? <laughs> give me a chance. I think like, what the fuck? if
1: the world we lived in wasn't so terrifying and so dangerous for so many people, most of what we are witnessing is so absurd. You don't know yeah. what you just said. The idea that a police can commit an act of misconduct, and the people will go. Uh, but we better get two more police to solve this. Is like yep. insane.
2: Let's conduct an internal investigation. Yeah, yeah, it's like let's do. Let's have the police investigate the police. That's they, like a, the
1: premise them. that someone would pitch. In like sketch 101 class, it's, which yeah, is just like some. Yeah, you
2: got
0: to hire up. another cop to look at the other cop. Like, So you hire yeah. another
1: person. That like this is real so swallows basic. the
0: spider to catch the fly sort of situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that
1: your response is a good one. You do. A, and I, I am more than happy to put this at the top, uh, either close with weed or, or either tied with weed or slightly below weed.
2: I would say just below weed. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's, because Canice uh, will be very we, happy to hear that. <laughs> She's very competitive. No, I saw her name. I saw it was her name uh, under that, and I was like, you know what? She deserves it. <laughs> I, yeah. And partly because I feel like weed is a more immediate solution to a, a lot of these problems. You know, <laughs> yes. you can smoke some weed. You can smoke some weed right now. Yes. You can't do you can't do communism today necessarily. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a long, it right it's a long game. Yeah. It's a long game. So, you know, immediacy I think is uh is important.
1: Yeah. All right. uh then if we all agree, David, are you okay? Slightly below weed? Sounds good. Great. Uh Yodoye, well where else can people find you on the internet?
2: Um I am um, you know, all over that place. Uh on Instagram at Professor Doye at on Twitter at Udoye underscore uh and then sometime in july i have an issue of uh legends of the dark knight coming out nice uh, that i wrote awesome. so there's that that's exciting look out, look out for that congratulations stuff. on that uh hey, thank you. david where where can people
1: find find you besides this podcast every week with that's a new just,
0: guest uh just uh just uh twitter at twidey t-v-e-i-t-e sweet
1: and uh i'm at the jam ham Yudoye, thanks for joining us. And uh, Twitty, see you next week. Quarantine Good is part of the Authentic Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and tune in next week.